You're listening to the Benton Heights Presbyterian Church Podcast. We hope this message brings you encouragement and helps to build your faith in Jesus. We're glad you're here to listen to this message from Pastor Paul. Well, we're starting a brand new sermon series today on the book of Daniel, the Old Testament book of Daniel. Why Daniel? Because I chose it and I've got the microphone. Or because when you look at the entire book of Daniel, it is just as relevant for us living in the 21st century. Daniel found himself as a child of God living in a foreign culture. As we shall see, Daniel was captured and deported as a young boy from his home in Jerusalem to go to the foreign region of Babylon and spend his entire life there. In the book of Daniel, as well as the rest of Scripture, it teaches us that this world of ours will always be a foreign land to the children of God. Jesus, in fact, said as much in John's gospel. And you've got to know this. Behind the world we see is a world that God rules and reigns. There is a reality in heaven with God and the angelic beings that's just as real as this world that you and I live in as human beings. Daniel is going to share all that to encourage us so that we can keep our faith intact in a world that's lost its mind. Let me set more of the backdrop for you. In Daniel, you're going to learn a lot about Babylon, and, and I want to use that, that word and, and use it as two descriptors. First, Babylon is an ancient culture and region, becomes an empire, but behind Babylon is a spirit, a counterfeit kingdom of God that's ruled by Satan. There is a demonic spirit at work in every culture, in every nation, in every age. So Daniel is a book about what always happens between the kingdom of God, this conflict between the kingdom of God and demonic forces. In Revelation, the New Testament Testament equivalent to the book of Daniel that talks about current events and predicts future events, Babylon is mentioned in Revelation several times, especially in chapters 14, 16, 17, and 18, referring to Babylon as representing ultimate evil. In one place in Revelation, Babylon is even called the mother of prostitutes. You see, God creates a people and refers to them as his bride. Satan counterfeits with a people that are the prostitutes of Babylon. And the influence of Babylon is at work in every aspect of culture in every age. The influence of Babylon is in politics and social media and education and sexuality and gender, trying to bring a counterfeit kingdom that's opposed to the kingdom of God. Today, I want to show you three things that the forces at work in Babylon are trying to do to you, and then three things that God wants to do in you, for you, and through you. First, the forces of evil that Babylon represents want to dominate you, crush you, rule you, own you. Here's how the book of Daniel begins. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and by the way, historical fact, this is 605 B.C., 
Third year, the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah. Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. It was a gruesome battle, an invasion. Jerusalem as a city was literally flattened. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. Now, these he carried off to the temple of his God. In other words, Nebuchadnezzar took the temple furnishings in Jerusalem back to Babylonia to put in the treasure house of his God. There are many religions, but there's only one true religion. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, the life, the only path to God. No one comes to the Father but by Him. Any other declaration is from the evil one. It's not from the Spirit of God. Now, that verse we just read also begs the question, why would God allow the Babylonian Empire to conquer Jerusalem and His people? Because God disciplines his children. We know in the centuries since becoming God's people, they didn't always worship him alone, didn't always trust in him alone, went after other gods. But there's more. In Leviticus chapter 25, God gave his people land and gave them instructions for that land. In other words, your land was God's land. In fact, everything you've been given has been given to you by God. Anything that you have, your house is God's house. Your family is God's family. Your income is God's income. Your wallet is God's wallet. We are to treat it as if he's the owner, which he is. And in Leviticus chapter 25, with the instructions that every seven years, the land needs to rest, to replenish, to have its nutrients restored. You know, if the land gets sick, the people get sick. They ignored this command for 490 years. One thing for sure, our God is a patient God, much more so than us. I mean, how many of you parents would not keep saying to your children for 490 years, stop doing that, stop doing that, stop doing that? Babylon is God's discipline. They were supposed to give the land rest every seven years. They hadn't for 490 years. So how many seven-year Sabbaths do they owe? Seventy. Guess how long they'll be in Babylon? Seventy years. You see, all of your sin, all of your folly, all of your rebellion against God, you will ultimately pay for it all. You are not getting away with anything if you're not a Christian. You need Jesus. You need forgiveness of sins. You need a new nature. You need eternal life. You need the God of the Bible. By the way, writing about 100 years before Daniel, Isaiah, in chapter 39, prophesies the entire book of Daniel. Let me share this with you. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, who was king of Judah at the time, remember this is about 100 years before the book of Daniel, hear the word of the Lord Almighty. The time will surely come when everything in your palace and all that your predecessors have stored up until this day will be carried off to Babylon. Nothing will be left 
says the Lord. And some of your descendants, your own flesh and blood, who will be born to you, will be taken away, and they will become eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Here's what you need to know. Behind the human authors of this book is one divine author, the Holy Spirit. Well, let's look at the main characters that we've seen so far. There's Daniel. He's a teenager. Think high school kid at this moment. And the book covers his entire life. He is faithful to God from beginning to end. From beginning to end of the book and from beginning to end of his life. For 69 years, he lives in Babylon. So this book ends with him in his 80s. He and others are forced as captives of war to walk 700 miles from Jerusalem to Babylon. And what we'll see in the example of Daniel is a good and godly man who also suffers. You know, we learn the same thing from the cross of Jesus Christ. Sometimes horrible things happen to the best of people. Daniel is a man of integrity, obedience, worship, and he suffers. Sometimes that'll happen to you. We then meet King Jehoiakim. He is the 17th king over Israel, and he's horrible. He defies God. He disobeys God. He even at one point burns some of the words from God through the prophet Jeremiah. You know, there's always an attempt to eradicate the word of God because in this world, if the word of God can be absent, then evil can be present and fill in the void. Next is mentioned Nebuchadnezzar, who's ruling over the strongest empire in the world in his day. We would call Babylon a superpower, militarily, economically superior. And Nebuchadnezzar is having this great building campaign of project after project in Babylon. So the economy is going well. The culture is booming. You know, the, the interest rates are low. Approval ratings are high. And he wanted to be worshipped as a god. We'll see more of this in the weeks to come where he's going to build a 90-foot statue for people to worship. Now, we're not told if that statue is of him or not. But if it is... You know what he's thinking? Hey, you know what this world needs? A 90-foot me. Well, lastly, we hear about God. Now, the question again, why would God allow this? Has he abandoned his own people? No. God is at work over, in, and through all that is happening. We read in Daniel that the Lord delivered his people into Nebuchadnezzar's hands. He gave them into Nebuchadnezzar's hands. I want you to see that in addition to the physical world that we do see is a spiritual realm we don't see. So all that is happening, God is allowing. That means that he is control over whoever is in control. Everyone thinks that Nebuchadnezzar is the boss. There's a boss over that boss. There's a king above this king. There's a ruler above this ruler. That's why we declare Jesus is Lord. And it means that God's kingdom is over every nation. God ruled over Babylon. God rules over America. 
God rules over every nation in history and into eternity. The second thing that the forces of evil that Babylon represents want to do is to train you and your children and their children. That's why our war is not against just flesh and blood and organizations and institutions, but against the powers and principalities. Here's more of what Daniel writes. Then the king, Nebuchadnezzar, ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. Young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. So Daniel and some of his friends were chosen. Why? They come from royalty. So they have a grasp on on structure and and leadership. They're well-educated. They know how to function in society. By the way, the NIV version that we just read has a G-rated phrase for Ashpenaz, referring to him as the court official. He's a eunuch. What does that mean? Exactly what you fear that means. It was a surgical procedure here, in this case, 2,600 years ago that was to undo God made them male and female. Were Daniel and his friends put through that? Well, remember that prophecy from Jeremiah that some of the people are going to become eunuchs in Babylon. If that happened to Daniel, he would never be able to consummate a marriage, never be able to conceive children. It's a way of saying, hey, let's not make any more believers. And you'll see in in just a moment this training, three years, three years of brainwashing in schools and universities of Babylon designed to undo teachings about God, undo obedience to God. Sound familiar? Except in our culture, it's not just three years. It's in some places, kindergarten to graduate school. Is there any hope? Yes. Daniel starts as a teenager. The book carries him through to his 80s, and the whole time he is faithful to God. He's not perfect, but a perfect God is faithful to him. Daniel is a great example of someone who remains resolute regardless of what stands before him or comes against him. The third thing we see is that the forces of evil that Babylon represent want to tempt you. Daniel is away from home, 700 miles away. Family, maybe many more of his friends, certainly the culture that he knew. It's a new education, new religion, new language, new customs, new uh, holidays. He's very tempted. The king assigned them. So these that were taken captive, these from the Jewish royal family, King Nebuchadnezzar assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. You just walked 700 miles. You hungry? You thirsty? 
You just go into the king's house and open up the fridge. Best food, best of wine. They were to be trained for three years. And after that, they were to enter the king's service. The whole life of these people was to be about the Babylonian king. Well, let me just say, there is a bigger, better king. Our king is Jesus. One day you will die, you will rise, and you will have to stand before the king of kings. Among those who were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names. To Daniel, the name Belteshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach. To Mishael, Meshach. And to Azariah, Abednego. Now, you're going to see three types of people in the book of Daniel. There are those that are godly, like these four. Daniel and his three friends, they are godly people. They are absolutely loyal to the Lord in every situation. And a second group of people that you'll see in the book of Daniel are the ungodly. They worship false gods. They do what they want to do. They are proud and arrogant, and they try to get God's people to join them. And then the third category of people is somewhere in the middle between these two ends of the spectrum are those who say they are believers, but they live like Babylonians. You see, Daniel and his three friends were not the only Jewish royalty taken into captivity. That means the others apparently ate and drank from the king's table, followed and served the king's cause, worshipped the king's gods. The point is this. You need to determine what category you're in. Godly, ungodly, or confusing. Uh, the, the people in the middle are confusing. We'd call them lukewarm, cultural Christians, Americans. I'm a believer, but I act like a Babylonian. I, I love Jesus, but you can't tell any difference between me and the rest of culture. By the way, that's two different teams, Team Jesus and Team Culture. And then to tempt them to being on the Babylonian team, they were given new names. Their parents had given them names to show that they were devoted to the Lord. Daniel means God is my judge. That means Nebuchadnezzar could judge him. Daniel doesn't care. Satan and demons could judge him. He doesn't care. Daniel has an audience of one. That's his judge. But they changed his name to Belteshazzar, which means Bel, a demon god, protects his life. Hananiah means God is gracious. It was changed to Shadrach, meaning command of Aku, another false god. You see, here's the point. Satan doesn't care which god you worship as long as it's not the Lord Jesus Christ, the true God of the Bible. There are not many truths. There's one truth. There are not many ways. There's one way. Jesus is that way. 
And Satan wants you to believe in any other, whether it's a, an idol, a false god, a, a cause, it doesn't matter. Michel means who is what God is. His name means there is no one like our God. It was changed to Meshach, who is what Aku is. Azariah, the Lord is my helper. His name, Abednego, means servant or loyal to Nebo, another false god. Here's the big deal. Know who you are. If you're a Christian, you're a child of God. Your eternal destiny is secure. God will never leave you nor forsake you. The heart of God towards you is always a father's heart that you are forgiven, loved, blessed, destined to be in a kingdom that never ends. Get to know who you are, then it doesn't matter what anyone else says. Now let's talk about the opposite of the spirit that's operating in Babylonia. Let's hear about the Spirit of God. First, the Spirit of God makes a way for you. But Daniel resolved, he made a commitment, not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. Daniel knew that that food was brought as idol worship. It was also against dietary laws that he wanted to remain faithful to, what God had already presented for him. He asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. Now, God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. This is God's grace. You're going to need God's grace to stand fast in Babylon. And make no mistake, we're all living in Babylon. But the official told Daniel, I am afraid of the Lord my king. You see, that's how the other side wins. It, it's fear. You can't talk about Jesus because there'll be repercussions. I can't quote that Bible verse because it's controversial. I can't tell you God doesn't like your lifestyle because there'll be a response, not just from you, but from the forces at work and Babylon that are supporting it. The Bible says, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. But the official told Daniel, I'm afraid of my Lord, the king, who has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. Daniel then said to the guard whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants, treat us in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. 
At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. Three things. Here we see Daniel's character on display. He disagrees in an agreeable way. When it comes to the food and drink, he's not disrespectful. He doesn't just say no. Like, no, I know where that's been. I know that's been sacrificed to idols. I I know that it's against my dietary restrictions because I want to follow the Lord. He looks for an alternate plan to do what still works. Second, we see how Daniel handles control. He has choices. He can try to control his future, or he can relinquish control and trust God for the future. Many times, don't we try to manipulate, coordinate situations to get a a certain outcome that's favorable to us, or at least avoid an outcome we don't want? Ultimately, Daniel here says, I'm not sure what's going to happen. This may or may not work, but I'm going to relinquish control. I'm going to remain loyal to the Lord, and I believe God's got this. And then I want you to see his commitment. Daniel says, I'm going to do what's right, even if everything goes wrong. You may lose some friends. You may lose your job. You may make less money. But ultimately... Eternity will reward you for the sacrifices you make as you venture through Babylon on your way home. That's the book of Daniel. The second big idea is that the Spirit of God strengthens you. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds, which we're going to see next week as we open up the second chapter, how that comes out. At the end of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters, all the false people in his whole kingdom. Here's what we see in Daniel and his three friends. The Spirit of God working in and through someone who is fully devoted to God. At this point, maybe they're in their early 20s. And they are excelling because of their faithfulness to God. I need you to know that if you are faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ, you are faithful to a God who is faithful. Now, that doesn't mean that he's always going to get you around trouble. But that his spirit will empower you when you have to go through trouble. They didn't leave Babylon. They didn't leave Babylon, but Babylon wasn't in them. The Spirit of God was in them. And they got through all the trials, tests, and troubles in Babylon. 
Lastly, the Spirit of God sustains you. The book of Daniel begins with him as a young man, and God will remain faithful to him throughout the totality of his life. Here's our last remaining verse. And Daniel remained there in Babylon until the first year of King Cyrus. Babylon, by the way, is modern-day Iraq. King Cyrus rules next door in Iran, which will be the Persian Empire of the day. And it's still a hot mess there over 2,000 years later. Now, the, the time frame of this verse, verse 21, is 69 years later. Here's what that means. Babylon was the premier global empire, and Daniel outlasted Babylon. Babylon gets conquered, and Daniel is still standing. This is, in fact, the future fate of the children of God. Nations, empires, kings, kingdoms, elections will come and go. And one day, the children of God will be standing in the kingdom of God with our King, Jesus Christ. Now, that will give you hope. And we need hope and courage and clarity. And ultimately, what we need is Jesus. And if you're not a Christian, you were born in Babylon, you're brainwashed in Babylon, so that you've been taken captive, and you think this world, our culture, is as it should be, and it's all that there is, and you'll end up enslaved in selfishness, never being satisfied because you are serving a counterfeit king and kingdom that's all about taking and grasping and wanting more. You need Jesus. Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And the only way to be set free is to believe in the one who isn't about taking. He's all about giving. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that behind the world we see is a world you see. And through scriptures and the revelation of the Spirit, we see Jesus on a throne ruling as a king. And we look forward to the day that the spirit of Babylon is totally, absolutely, finally crushed. Until then, I pray we will all be like Daniel, devoted, committed to the Lord all our days in a world that's lost its mind. Give us the mind of Christ so we can be good missionaries until Jesus comes. This prayer we make in the name of the one who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. 
Amen. We hope you enjoyed the message. You can connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, our website, bhprez.org, and subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date on all our latest content.